Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, everybody, to the show. We are so happy to be here with you today on this beautiful um, Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Uh, I don't know. think so. I think it's Tuesday. Uh you, you got the YouTube chat room over there, JC. Why don't you tell the YouTube people hello today for me so I can see what's going on over here at the Facebook page for uh, me. Hello, YouTube. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hello to St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I love seeing it. Bonnie Lakes in the house. Very good. Uh, Liberty is choosing responsibility okay. from a men of the what is that the firmament firmament i can't say that word firmament church of god thank you very much for everybody coming oh natchitoches can you say that word i can't natchitoches natchitoches thank you and it was a cuckoo there natchitoches uh southern california is in the house and uh lots and lots of beautiful people out there we also have over here in you in Facebook land. Hello, everybody here in Facebook land, El Paso, Texas. Uh, Marty wants to know if you feel okay today, JC. <laughs> I'm here. I'm all right. He says you seem a little bit down trodden today. <laughs> I'm here. You're here. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, our... Our show today is titled, Portland Violence Reeks of Biased and Questioned Constitutionality. And I had sort of alluded to this yesterday that we were going to do this, JC, but um, <laughs> he reigns says, looks like he's got liberty. <laughs> I love our people. They have such great senses of humor and they, they don't hold back on us. I like that a lot. Okay, so um, do you have the COVID, JC? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Just don't get into a motorcycle accident. Because if you die from a motorcycle accident, die in a motorcycle accident in Florida, it will be COVID that caused your motorcycle to crash. Hmm. Yes. And, uh, in or and, and apparently you should not get COVID tested in Orlando because you actually have, let me see if I can do this math, you actually have a an 88.4% chance of being a false positive in uh, in in Orlando. Hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you see that, JC? I know you kind of like avoid the COVID news a little bit because it's annoying and it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. But we've we're having these. I checked and I look at the numbers and different things. I don't I don't read. Uh... I don't read a lot of articles. No. No. Because, I mean, it's just full of people's opinions and all that sort of thing. So. Well, this was... Uh, Most of the numbers are false anyway. Yeah. But, you know, well, so... that's what this... At least I can just look at the numbers and I don't have to deal with other nonsense. I mean, as false as the numbers are, <laughs> what I'm saying the opinions is... are worse. I don't want <laughs> more garbage in addition to that. So, no, I don't read... I don't really read articles about it. So this is not fake news. This is actually not conspiracy. This is covered by all the media channels now. Uh, in Orlando, there are testing sites that are that 
uh, well, let me put it this way, at least one testing site that published to the Florida Department of Health that they have a 98.4% positive rate of tests. Yeah, and I saw they lowered that. Yeah, to 9.4. Those were in the team somewhere. but <laughs> No, it that, was 9.4. Oops, sorry, our bad. 9.4% positive. And, well, as I've looked at, as I've followed the numbers throughout this, that's actually happened multiple times mm-hmm. um, of, re- not necessarily that in particular, but ver- various uh, sets of data of, of they basically correct them. So it's, and I don't, I, you know, and that's the thing about articles about COVID, okay? Because again, like this is a thing, I guess there's probably an article or they're reporting this. Mm-hmm. The fact is things like this have happened all along, they don't get a lot of reporting. So there've been a lot of uh, numbers reported and then they'll come back and say that's not correct or they change them or whatever. That, that's happened all along. Yeah. I mean, this stuff is a total disaster. It's a joke. It's an absolute right. joke. But, you know, people people normally learn about COVID, you know, with, the, with these news stories, which is mostly propaganda. It's all yeah. crafted with a certain message. Well, even the Florida... But I've been, well, like I said, I've been watching and tracking numbers. And you watch, you know, so you'll have... And that's the thing, because it's not like a news agency. So to be an official agency, so I look at the health departments and the state the state stats. They come out, and then a day or two later, that wasn't right. They're different. They're down. Know, they're corrected. Right? It just, <laughs> that happens every freaking week. It's happened every week for like, six, for, like five months. Yes, I know, because I remember it's when crazy. we follow, I have followed, oh, I, I must be, I must be clinically insane, but I have followed our county meetings every mm-hmm. week since this started, sometimes twice a week. Yeah. And it, it's amazing that the county uh, commissioners, the people on these boards keep running around going, bodies in the streets, bodies in the streets. If we don't do this and we don't do it, there's no bodies in the streets. And then, and then what was amazing, JC, the way you say the numbers keep changing, they came out and said, you know, at first it was about hitting the plateau. Yeah, flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. That's right, flatten the curve. And then I remembered thinking, what in the world is going on with these crazy people? Because back in May, so we get to the end of May, and they said, oh, our bad. We are The curve actually started flattening weeks ago. We just, the data just caught up with us. Well, yeah, and another thing about that, while they were... And this is this is and Trump keeps repeating this a lot. You mm-hmm. know, as far as I mean, of course, the, the whole administration's messaging has been all over all over the map, right? All along, but um, at the same time, they were saying flatten the curve. There was this message of increase and expand testing. Yes, right. And the curve was not about how many people are dying. It was about how many people are testing positive. So if we want to flatten the curve of you know, fewer people, and then we're testing more. Right. It's not going to happen. You're not going to flatten the curve, (laughs) right? Because at the time they were talking about flattening the curve, they didn't even have all the data of, or any possibility of having the data of how many people could be infected. Right. So you can't start flattening the curve, right? So, I mean, this is just assuming 
all of this is on the up and up in the first place. Yeah, right? that so huge just, assumption. Just assume, yeah, because right? hold on, because we actually have uh, the Florida Health Department reporting that by by mistake, some of their testing yeah. clinics were only only reporting positive test so, results. So it looked like everybody was positive. So we know it's all a joke. Yeah. Well, not all a joke, but we know that there's all this nonsense. Right. In, anyway, so but. For the sake of making the point, if we assume all things being legit, mm -hmm. you can't flatten the curve if you don't even have the data of how many people have it. Yeah. So if you're simultaneously doing whatever you're saying to flatten the curve, then increasing the uh, you know the number of data points uh -huh. because of testing. I mean, it's simple math. It's freaking math. It just doesn't work that way. I'm I'm gonna so, I'm gonna embarrass JC. Just, oh, you lost it's just, your mic. It's just the whole premise is so absurd, so absurd, <laughs> unbelievable. I'm gonna embarrass JC because I'm gonna give him a hug. <laughs> I love my husband. <laughs> well, that's why it drives me nuts. Uh, no, right? but I because, love him. I love him <laughs> because you set aside all all the propaganda, <laughs> and again, you know. Not having, not not wanting to stand up here and say, "Oh, it's a conspiracy. It's created. It's hatched. It's fake. It's not real. Whatever." Not, you know, set all that aside. Yeah. Okay. Assume everything. Everything they say about it is true, right? At that point, it's just freaking math. So, yeah. so, so the, that's, <laughs> that's why, what Tammy said. Some people can't do. No, simple that's math. why I get so irritated. <laughs> I don't read the stuff. I don't follow. The propaganda nonsense because you you read the stories on the one hand and listen to the news on the one hand and then beside you you're you're looking at the numbers mm -hmm. and using logic you know to reason out what they're saying they're going to do and what their goal is and it's absolute nonsense it's gobbledygook well, it, it makes no freaking reasonable logical sense and God i don't understand any reasonable or you, logical listen in this if you're today. honest but if you're if you're honest right because this they get mad then when we say uh propaganda pandemic conspiracy create whatever mm -hmm. they're upset at us for questioning mm -hmm. right but if you're honest you wouldn't have been saying oh, flat, we're flat the curve no you'd say well our testing is not you know, we, we don't have the testing to have all the data, so actually we can't make any solid statements. We're really concerned about this. We think it's a big threat, but we don't have the data. So we're going to get testing set up. Once we get testing set up, then we can be in talking about flattening the curve. That's how it sounds when you're being honest. Right. Okay? Exactly. But that's not the messaging that was coming out. So no freaking wonder people don't trust you and they start saying... What's going on here? We're being manipulated. They're not telling the truth. Was this created in a lab? Is this a total hoax? I mean, how do you not expect people to say that when when you're talking like a freaking idiot? None of this stuff adds up. Speak about logic. You, you guys know that I'm involved in several lawsuits here in Hillsborough County over these mask mandates. And I just want to say... I love you. <laughs> I love you. I just want to say that, you know, I I don't 
I, I think that you should have a choice, but the government's got no business mandating this thing. If you want to wear a mask, go for it, right? Do it. Do it, do it, do it. But don't tell me by force of government that I have to do that. Well, JC, I had a phone conversation with a doctor today, an, an, an actual doctor, right? And he has got the same comments that you're making, and he's just flabbergasted. He's like, these cloth masks are the most ridiculous thing in the world. He said, uh, he says, I, I am absolutely convinced. This is what he says. I am absolutely convinced that these cloth masks harbor more viral infections than sure. COVID could even imagine. And he started telling me about how how dangerous these cloth masks are. He says, all right, so everybody's afraid that you're going to sneeze, right? You got to wear the cloth mask so you don't sneeze and, and whatever. He says, this is the fallacy of the cloth mask protecting you from a sneeze. He says, here's what happens. Because we talked about, you know, because my background is biochemistry, right? And I told him, I said, look, I've done the research. A, a virus, the size of a virus, viruses are measured in microns, okay? Tiny, tiny little, little segments. A virus size is a 0.5 micron, okay? Just 0.5. The, and I found this, I actually found this material on a, in a medical peer-related study that was published in 2017 before all this happened. And they, they, they were testing cloth masks because people have been using cloth masks for other things across the globe. We, we haven't used them because we've realized, I guess, I thought we realized they were actually dumb. But anyway, so they started doing all this testing on the cloth masks for, for international reasons to, to test the efficacy. And anyway, so a virus is a 0.5 micron. The pores in a cloth mask are anywhere from 50 to 80 microns if the material that is being used is brand new. As you wash your cloth mask, this study did, because that's what they did. It was a bunch of doctor scientists doing the study. They took the mask, they measured the, the pores in the mask, and then they washed it. And every time you wash your mask, the pores in your mask get 20 five percent larger okay so you reduce the efficacy of your mask which is very very low because the holes your 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 a virus is less than a the a, a hair a, the average hair is 100 microns okay so here's what he says you wear this mask he says, if you sneeze without a mask because of the water droplets and the weight of them, he says, they'll probably fall right in front of your face. Unless you're like standing like this is somebody. He says, here's what happens when you sneeze with a cloth mask on. He says, you turn into a nebulizer that turns these big droplets of, of you know, saliva, whatever, into a nebulized particle that now spreads throughout the atmosphere. He says you actually spread, have more of a danger spreading coronavirus with your mask on than you would if you didn't even have it. And so I just thought that was, that was very interesting. But, you know... I mean, the whole medical thing is just ridiculous to me. As a biochemist, I always thought it was stupid, but... No, but I mean, these are... And all you're saying... Or facts. Yeah. You know, but this show will get censored and blocked. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can't even, you can't say anything. Right. Well, this it, show's going to be censored just, anyway because the title says Portland Violence, 
right? No, so I mean, I, it's going to be any, dinged anyway. Any, yeah, anything. I mean, it's all controlled. Yeah. And you know they want to control the narrative, but I mean, you think think about this stuff. And I, I mean, I get, I just get tired of beating this dead horse. But yeah, what I was just talking about. Mm -hmm. All right. So when you you know go back to flattening the curve. All right. It's not possible. You don't know the curve, right? So if you don't have the data, you haven't. I mean, the testing. And when they were saying this, they, they weren't testing. We're increasing testing, mm -hmm. you know, massively now. But still, not everybody's tested, you know. So not possible. As I said, the honest thing would be to come out and say, uh, you know, uh, we don't have the information. All right. Now think about the recovery rate. Right. So how could it's you like how could you get the recovery rate? Right. Right? So you look at the numbers, the data that you do have in that this is how many tested positive, did they die, did they not die? Again, simple math. But you look it up and you go to all of the, you know, you google the covid recovery rate and and hear all the listings, what's the first thing they say? Experts don't have information about the outcome of every infection, right? We, well, we don't have enough data. We can't tell you. So if it's, if it's you know, you're going to die, and so you need to sacrifice all your liberty and lock yourself in your house, right? That's just, that's it. It's just dogmatic command. But then you start talking about, it looks like a lot of people are recovering. I heard 8 out of 10 people survive. Well, we don't have enough information. We can't say anything about that. So, again, the disparity of how they're communicating this, this nonsense. Yeah. And you, you're, you're pissed at me because I'm questioning? You're censoring us because I'm questioning? When any, any freaking seventh grader can compare... <laughs> The way you're talking about these two different things, and and go, hey, mom, this guy sounds like he's lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no kidding, Jimmy, because he is. Can I, can I very delicately address something that just irks me a little bit? We are, we are the conservative community, okay, and as conservatives, we are to be inherently opposed to socialistic policies, right? Can I tell you, I just saw this in the in the chat room, I'm not going to talk of any names or anything, but how many, I have been hearing this over and over again, we need attorneys that are going to take these mass cases and take these cases pro bono. Do you realize how much time and resources it takes to file a lawsuit in fact, and, I do. And in fact, you do. <laughs> and I just, I just want to just throw this out there for people to think yeah. about. Good thought, but... When you require not, not someone easy. or expect to have someone work for free, mm -hmm. that is socialism, okay? That is socialism. And if you say, well, lawyers have all the money, JC, please, come on. That is the, it, it, that's the biggest fake news of them all. Yeah, lawyers are the lowest paid profession per cap, you know, per 
uh, education right, out education. there, with the length of education out there. It's an absolute fact. Most of your attorneys are like starving attorneys. They're working but, to make a living. They're not the big, mm -hmm. you know, ambulance chasers. They're not the big, most attorneys are not the big tobacco industry guys, the corporate attorneys. Well, that goes back to the Friday show of how what's portrayed affects how you view things. So all lawyers are rich, which yeah. is the opposite of the reality, but that's what's in news So and please, and all please, these people who have law degrees spend way too much money getting those degrees for what they're about to make, and lawyers have mortgages and families and bills to pay. Please don't... Please don't. Please never, don't. Never met a poor attorney, it says. Uh, I, That's an know, argument to the numbers. <laughs> right, but we know, I, I can say this, I've met lots and lots and know lots and lots personally because it's the realm we've been in. Yeah. They are not rich. They're regular, no. As a matter of fact, I don't... class level people. I can probably, across the country, of all... The, I mean, because we, not just Florida, across the country, of all the people, lawyers that we've met... We've met some well, so, so a, a maybe handful a handful of wealthy attorneys. Of yeah. wealthy they're, they're, attorneys. Yeah, they exist, but that's not. I mean, but that's, that's not the point. No, and it's you, not the, uh, you don't not ask people to work for free. <laughs> okay, we are not a socialist communist country. Okay, and if you were you seven years of college. Yeah, this plumber, this plumber should seven fix my years. Yeah, right. Would you bono. tell a, a <laughs> plumber with 40 years experience he needs to come and fix your house pro bono? And they, hey, look, I know plumbers that made more m money than attorneys. Yeah, sure. Okay? Sure. I know, I know, I know more rich plumbers than no, I do I, rich attorneys. Honestly, I, you know, I would, we're veering way off the subject matter, but I would, I would more often uh, you know, recommend to a young person a, a trade skill. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, don't go to college because you a spend, lot of the sort of professional degrees, yeah. like attorney and that sort of thing, given given what you have to pay for that degree and all the debt they come out with, and then and then you know you don't actually make the amount of money uh, you know that's portrayed in movies and media and popular mm -hmm. stories. Uh, and 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 just like you said, most of the people I've known that have been in in tr like specialized trades mm -hmm. uh, and eventually you know maybe run their own company or or, or even just contractors um, have done very well. Yeah, you know ones that we've known so relative to, actually relative to the attorneys yeah. and and so called professional degrees around us. So just two more minutes on this, and I want to get to the main topic today. But when I graduated from law school, which is seven years of college, right? So you go to, uh, you get out of high school, you go seven years of college, if you go straight through, right? Then you get your law degree. I saw people when I, when I graduated from law school who got out of high school, who went to work at a school district or went to work in the prison industry and had seven years in those professions, mm -hmm. making more money than I did starting off as an attorney. In North Florida, when I yeah. graduated from law school, a starting attorney made thirty-six dollars to $40,000 a year. And a school teacher with seven years experience made more money than that. And a prison worker with seven years experience made a whole lot more money than that. Mm -hmm.
So, but you know, and still, all that's relative. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, your cost of living wherever you're at. Right. I mean. Right. Because on, and it's not like we were poor. At, right. With that. Uh, with that amount of money, it's just relative to others. You know, yeah. and people think, oh, it's a lot of money. Lawyers make a lot of money. Relative to others, yeah. that wasn't true. But at the same time, for where we live, this is a very comfortable salary. Mm -hmm. But if you're making, let, let's say you made thirty-five thousand in New York City, mm -hmm. you're living under a freaking bridge. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So right. So there right. are places you can make forty grand a year and go. Right. Be very comfortable. Right, where we were in the and country. And in other places, yeah. that's nothing. So all of that stuff is relative, right. which is beside, completely beside your point of that. That, But that is a common, you get that all the time. Yeah. We get a lot yeah, of. Yeah, and, and passion. Pro bono work. Passion I is one thing. You could be very passionate. You could be an attorney that's very, very passionate about, about what's happening. But if you're not going to get paid for your passion, Right. Not everybody can be like we were, J.C., and just step out and say, we'll trust the Lord to give us what he is to send us. And that's well, we that's what we have to do. Personally, we've always lived very simply. As yes. Well. Yeah. So we've, very we've simply. never been uber wealthy and 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 still are not. Yeah. But we've never we've also never piled up debt. Uh, we've never we don't live extravagantly. We're simple people. Yes. So, uh, again, the, the thing and this is a lesson we learned mm -hmm. over the years, which we used to tell people. It's not how much money you make, it's how much money you spend. Right, right. So it, you, you control your lifestyle and spending. Right. Um, you know, it, everybody wants to be a millionaire kind of thing. It, you don't, you don't, that's nice. And, and, a, and, a millionaire and nothing, is nothing, mentality. Nothing, yeah, nothing. <laughs> it's against. got more to do with I'm all for everybody being a millionaire. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, that that's one the what's coming in is one side of the equation. Right. When you look at a lot of these huge celebrities, sports stars, oh, making forty times that a right. year, and are broke. Right. It's because it's not about what they make; it's what they've spent. Right. Like they get a guaranteed contract, and all of a sudden they put a fifteen million dollar house on credit. They buy seven million dollars worth of cars. I mean, and they're spending more money than they make, even though they're making an outlandishly uh, large, uh, large, uh, you know, yearly salary. So yeah. all that stuff's relative, you know. So here we have this big story of a uh, controversy story going about what's going on in Portland. And I found this article in the New York Post. Mm -hmm. uh, Nancy Pelosi and Democrats have it exactly wrong on feds versus protesters in Portland. Now you know that this, this is Rich Lowry, he's a pretty big Yeah. Big, big name. Yeah. So here we have a situation where we really have a legitimate federal power discussion that needs to be had, right? Uh, first off, you realize this is gonna be my big one of my big things, right? Protesters in Portland. Um, protesters protesters don't do this. Okay. Yeah, that's not a protester. That is not a protester, that is an arsonist. Okay. Right. That is crime. Right. So Nancy Pelosi, um, let me just go ahead and do my little my little quick thing here so we can just get to this. So uh, Nancy Pelosi is oops, I put the wrong. There we go. Nancy Pelosi is all upset about the federal agents there. She mm -hmm. says that uh, we have stormtroopers in Portland kidnapping protesters. All right. And so for me, JC, the question becomes, 
do the feds have a legitimate presence in Portland? Because if the number one, there's several criteria. So federal agents can't engage in aid to the enforcement of laws, excuse me, without a formal petition, constitutionally speaking, without a formal petition from the legislatures of the state. Okay, that's what the Constitution says. We don't have a formal petition from the legislators of the states. So my first thought is, this, this is not right. But here's the thing. What we have is a situation where they're pro, the, the, riot, the rioters and the looters are actually tearing up a federal courthouse. Okay, so they tore down the fence of the federal courthouse. They actually vandalized. Vandalized, yes. They actually went and lit a fire mm-hmm. at the front of the courthouse, and it's federal courthouse. Therefore, it is federal property. Look at this again, JC. Protesters tore down the fence outside the federal courthouse. <laughs> no protesters, vandals, criminals. Okay. So what we have is Oregon Live, right? So this is, according to Oregon Live, this is what a protester does. Sure. Unless... We've had dealings with Oregon Live for... Unless, of course... Right, unless you're just occupying a bird sanctuary in protest. Then you're a domestic terrorist, right? Right. So a protester who tears down, a a, a person who tears down a fence and lights a fire on federal grounds is simply a protester, Mm -hmm. right? But if you are Ammon Bundy, Cliven Bundy, or anybody like that, then you are a domestic terrorist. This is what Harry Reid said. These people who hold themselves out to be patriots are not. They're nothing more than domestic terrorists. And I think that we are a country that people should follow the law. Right? So this, according to the Democrats, is following the law which makes somebody a protester. Nancy Pelosi, you know, you're, you're burning down things. This is Nancy Pelosi's version of a protester. So here's the problem, JC, because this courthouse thing doesn't answer all the questions. Mm-hmm. Because this guy... All right, so now we have the border, we have the border patrol. Remember what we had was... Days of federal agents in unmarked cars, rented vans, right? Uh, Unmarked uniforms, unspecified, quote, police patches. Nobody telling you who they are. Actually beating people, arresting people, and now they say, oh, right, it was the Border Patrol. Okay, so the Border Patrol would not be the agency with jurisdiction to protect a federal courthouse. Right. That would be the Department of Homeland Security or the FBI. Well, that now, would be that. That would be who now, would be there. But now, because of Patriot Act and all that kind of stuff, the Border Patrol is thrown under. DHS, Department of Homeland Security, and they reached in, as I understand it, reached <laughs> into. Uh, Border Patrol and U.S. Marshals and essentially created a new, now there's an additional organization. 
They, yeah. They've now created this these special, whatever you want to call them, the, the, this counterinsurgency mm -hmm. uh, in response to the president's executive order. This this uh, yeah, Bortac, Border Patrol, Bortac, and some U.S. Marshal. Well, let's not forget now they have the whole non the, the non-agency division called the Federal Police. Many people have seen the vehicles, the yeah. Federal Police. There's no, there's no such thing as Federal Police. I, it, it's not a created entity. Unless, of course, maybe in Washington, D.C., you could have federal police, but then they call them the district, the, the police of District Columbia, right? So the whole thing well, is just crazy. Then you get into the whole federal property issue in the first place. Exactly. Thank you. That was the next place that I was going to go. So what you have in this article of um, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Democrats have it exactly wrong on Fed versus, quote, protesters, you know, violent people. Um, this is... An iffy kind of thing. If we're talking about the federal courthouse, right? And I believe that there, the very limited boundaries of a federal courthouse could fit into the, uh, the needful buildings. Mm -hmm. Because it's a federal courthouse where federal funds and federal business happens. You could squeeze that into the needful buildings. Right? It's not a Fort Port magazine dockyard. It's not one of those, but I think it could be the other needful buildings because you're actually having federally authorized activity because the Constitution allows Congress to create the undercourts. Mm -hmm. So you have that. So if there ha this criminal activity is happening on the federal courthouse grounds, then it is federal jurisdiction. But when you get off the federal property, then it's no longer federal jurisdiction. When you're in your rental vans roaming the streets, yes, snatching, <laughs> snatching people up. Yes, absolutely. That, that's when you possibly cross the boundary. Yeah. Well, and I want to show this 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 video, right? This is this is not at the courthouse. This is on the street. Mm -hmm. This is a guy just standing there. So let me... Uh, standing there asking them a question. Asking them a question. We'll go ahead and do this. Now I have to turn the... Flips them off. Did you? Yeah, he, he flips them off. Well, I would have flipped him off too for Pete's sakes, man. I mean, seriously. What do you have going on here? I'm going to mute it because we don't need the sound. But I want you to see this again. What is this guy doing? He is in the street. They spray him with pepper spray. They beat him. They actually end up breaking his finger, his hand, in two places. Mm -hmm. Okay? And these are your, your masked, unidentified officers that they've been talking about. Now, you cannot put this under the realm of authorized federal activity. Right. So, in this, in this article, I can't say that Nancy Pelosi, uh, well, I will say that Nancy Pelosi is not right and she's not right in the head and, and whatever. Uh, Stormtroopers so, so could have been protesting. This is not 
that's not how you enforce a curfew if there's a curfew? That is not how you enforce a court. And you certainly, well, I don't care who you are, state, police, deputies, local police, or the uh, federal police, you don't enforce a curfew like that. But what I'm saying is, so even if, it's, if it's just a curfew, there's no federal jurisdiction there at all anyway. They should not be there. And And even if it's maybe not a wise decision for that Navy veteran to walk up in that crowd? Does that, I mean, is that, would that justify, like say, well, he shouldn't have been there. Does that justify this no. guy beating him in the street while he's just standing there? His freedom of speech, his right to, to a peaceably assemble, his right to petition the government, those people are government. They're government agents. He has a right to petition them for a redress of their grievances. That's what the petition is, to pray, question, to ask. And that's what he said I was doing. He said I wanted to ask them if they knew their oath. I wanted to ask them why they were there. He says, I'm, I, I'm a Navy guy. I took that oath. I don't, this is not right. I wanted to ask them. And he has a right to do that. And so, you know, I don't know. We've got people, I read articles uh, where some, some federal officers accidentally arrested somebody. And they said, oh, my bad, we didn't mean to arrest you, and they left, they let him go. And they were like, oh, well, we didn't detain him indefinitely or anything, right? So uh, it's not really that big a deal. No harm, no foul. You were just arrested. So the point is that the feds don't have a place to be there, constitutionally speaking, unless the legislators of the state ask for help in an insurrection. If the legislators of the state, and there's an exception, the governor can ask if the legislators are unable to meet. So even the governor can't autonomously ask for assistance if the legislators have the opportunity to meet. The governor can't say, oh, well, the legislators aren't going to do it, I'm going to do it. The, the Constitution is very clear that upon the request of the legislators of the state, the federal Congress, not the president, right? Because we now have the president uh, saying that he's going to send troops out and he's going to, to, to send uh, federal agents out and all that stuff. But the president doesn't have the authority to do that either because the Constitution says that Congress what? has the authority upon petition of the legislature of the state. How does it work... Um, in in uh, in in response to what, how they tried to explain it or how they explained it at their press conference, how does it work if, so say this guy, the Pettibone guy, not not the guy they beat in the street. That's the Navy I, guy. I don't know how anybody defends mm -hmm. that. What, yeah. what kind of reasoning you give to defend that? Uh, but the guy arrested, okay, mm -hmm. Mark Pettibone, whatever his name is. Right. So. Uh, he, let's let's say he was part of that vandalizing the federal courthouse. Okay, to what extent now do those federal officers have the authority uh, to investigate this crime and question mm -hmm. detain that individual for questioning? What? How does that? How should that work? Because that's basically their argument. Well, actually, I think they're backtracking and saying it was an error that we arrested him. Well, they said that they, they 
Yeah, I mean, they basically... So, so you have the contradicting information, for sure, because that's what they said All about right, that so when let's, they let him go. Let's let's so set, but setting that, yeah. that aside, let's, let's, let's pretend that they were consistent in their... <laughs> In their explanation. All right, so let's pretend that he actually was on federal property, and nobody. Oh, you mean when he committed the crime? When he committed the crime. Now, no question, he was not on federal property when he was detained. Okay, so uh, then let me ask you: in this pretended scenario that we have, did the officer see him on federal property and then follow him to the non-federal property? No, this was I think a day later, sometime after the fact. So right. it wasn't it wasn't a pursuit. Okay, so there we go. Thank you. So there's no pursuit. Then the only way that they would be have authority to detain him at that point would be pursuant to a warrant. They would have to get a warrant and show by probable cause under oath. Uh, they would have to swear under oath that their probable cause was legitimate subject to due process review. They would have to particularly describe uh, the person that they're going to seize, and then they would have to serve that warrant and take bring him in for questioning. Um, they couldn't just walk up to him and say, "Hey, is your van. name Mr. Mark <laughs> Pettigrew? Uh, what is it, Pettibone? Uh, get in the van, right?" That is an unlawful seizure of a person after the fact, right? You you, you have if you if you are not in pursuit of someone, then a warrant is required. And I'll tell you, if you didn't see it happen... Now, you you it, said, yeah. you also said there's a there's an authority to quash an insurrection. Don't they have to declare? I mean... The, That's what I said. I mean, you, you have, have to... to the, the state legislators have to file a formal request, a petition, with Congress for assistance in an insurrection. Okay? It's, it's very specific because it doesn't just say for whatever they want. It's for domestic violence and insurrection, right? So you actually have to file a petition, a, a request with Congress. Congress has to come together and vote to authorize the executive branch to send aid. And this is not something that happens. You've got a smile on your face. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people that you know, view President Trump as, as having kingly power. So he can just look out over the land, write write some executive order, and say that's an insurrection, and then send troops. Yeah. So I mean, like if you know if and let's you know take the name out of it, not Trump, but let's say we have another president. Because when you say president can do this, you're talking about the office of the president, not right. a particular person. Right. Exactly. So so that means uh, you know big Tea Party rally. Some radical left president could look out and go, "That's an insurrection. Send the troops, and then detain everybody, arrest them, or or, or beat on them until their hand breaks, or whatever." Right. So I, I I'm just you know I'm, it's just interesting to me. You hear you know here we are. It's always a thing when it's your guy in office. Right. And we always see these conversations. Oh, the president can do this and do that. If it was Hillary sitting there, then they're not making those same arguments. So it's it's, it's just. Again, that same theme mm-hmm. that is destructive to liberty mm-hmm. in the long run right. is is turning the blind eye when it's my guy and saying, "No, he he's he's king. He can just go and right. you know stop crime like Batman wherever he wants." Right. Okay. So, Article Four, Section Four of the Constitution reads. 
The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. A semicolon. Yeah. Okay. And against and on op application of the legislature, meaning the state legislature, or of the executive, meaning the governor, when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. Mm. So you have to you have to have an application from the state legislature to Congress to make this happen. Article 1, Section uh, 8, Clause 15 deals with Congress's authority to call forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union to suppress insurrections and repel invasions. So this Article 4, Section 4 uh, power is clearly previously identified in Article 1 as an authority of Congress, not of the President of the United States. So just remember, as you said, the office of the President right? The office of the president could have been Hillary Clinton. The office of the president was Barack Obama. It just seems like the Patriot Act is suddenly a lot more popular uh, with Republicans than it was when Barack Obama was trying to... Oh yeah, and it was a lot more it was, was a charge. lot more uh, <laughs> popular with Republicans when George Bush signed it into law, too. I, I guess so. when the Democrats are in charge again then, then these the Patriot Act will be less popular once again. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we we have a situation again where we we're playing partisan politics and only telling half the truth, right? So you have the Democrats and their half of the truth. These are protesters being kidnapped by stormtroopers, right? <laughs> Then you have the conservative side saying it's the federal government. They have the authority to do this, and, and and you know they were on the courthouse grounds. Well, they're not all on the courthouse grounds. So you're so as I so let let, let me make sure I understand if I can boil down what what I'm understanding you're saying. So uh, they they could legitimately detain and and question an individual had if they follow. The proper due process yes. uh, protections. Right. If they actually are alleged, well, number one, if they're actually alleging that the crime took place on federal property, mm -hmm. or they're alleging that they've received application from the state legislature to help quell an insurrection or domestic violence. In that case, by the way, I still don't, in the, in the latter case, I believe that it would not be the federal government's authority to question, to detain someone. I think it would be in the federal government's authority to take that person and turn them over to the state for questioning. Right, so they would be able to the, the it be an interim. I guess there would be a detention there, but for immediate. Uh, release to state officers because we're talking about on, state crime. But if it's crime no, on federal... But if it's on a crime on federal property, then they, once they follow the... Like I said, if, if in the former, where I said the crime is accused of being uh, happening on federal property, then the federal government has jurisdiction. If it's not accused of being, of, of occurring on federal property, but there's been an application by the state legislature for the federal government to assist in quelling 
an insurrection, right? So you have a federal accusation and a non-federal accusation. And so those are the only two ways the federal government could be involved. In a non-federal accusation, it would have to be through a formal decree uh, passed by Congress that comes pursuant to an application by the state. And we don't have an application by the state, much less an actual vote of Congress to send people out there. Nor a warrant. Nor a warrant. Right. I mean, shouldn't they... I mean, you have an, need a warrant. You have to have a warrant. If you're not in pursuit, you have to have a warrant to detain someone. You have to have a warrant. And, and is that the whole problem? I mean, that was the whole issue that I thought we were all fighting with the Patriot Act. Yes. The warrantless yes. searches, yes. warrantless seizures, right, indefinite exactly. detention. So, and that's what you meant by all of a sudden and now. Them in these black sites and right. nobody knew who you, I mean, now these guys... They made a lot about unidentified, whatever. They they had identifying marks. Mm-hmm. They just they were in unmarked rented vehicles grabbing people without warrants. Yeah, and you can't do that. You just simply can't do that. Thank you, Dragon's Talon, for your super chat. Dragon's Talon says, Chrisanne and JC, thank you for all you do. Uh, we wouldn't be here if it, if it weren't for people like you, Dragon's Talon. We really, really appreciate it. So when and you, you know, said... the Patriot Act, there was also the... The, the idea of, well, then you just, just call anybody a domestic terrorist. Right. And then, you, then again, you can do whatever. You right. don't need and a warrant. You don't need due process. And when you because said. Because you call them a, te- a terrorist. Yeah. When you said that, you know, the Patriot Act is now all of a sudden popular among Republicans, it's because now people are like, yeah, get these violent protesters. You know, I'm, this is not Chrisanne calling them violent protesters. I'm repeating what other people are saying. Get these violent protesters and uh, uh, go get the uh, uh, police and, and get the feds and wrap them up, you know? That's the only way that the well, federal government... I agree with the government... part about the police, and, I mean, I do think they do need to be dealing with these people, but right, right. there's a way to do but it. But not the federal government. Right, the states do Not it. the federal government. That's what I mean. The, the police have to do it. The, pay, the federal government... Uh, only believes they have an authority to do what they do because of the Patriot Act, which is completely unconstitutional to begin with. Uh, so that's that's what we um, that's what we have to deal with. And if we had sheriffs, you know, the sheriffs in Portland, or the sheriff in Portland, if he was anything worth his own salt, would be someone that would be already dealing with these criminals. Yeah, I I would love to I would I would love to have like a you know, there's a public website and everybody everybody puts their name down like who's saying, Yeah, the feds need to go crush them and then once once the lefties take control of the federal government, you know, you gotta do the same thing. Right? Oh, cool. When the lefties start yeah. doing it yeah, you got to be consistent and keep cheering. Now, I guarantee you, the people that were opposed to what they were doing to the Bundys and 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 that sort of thing, they're yeah. not cheering this. No, they're not supporting Feds just doing whatever they. No, want they're not. No, just because it's Trump. I promise you. Yeah, I promise uh, you that those group of patriots are not going. Yeah, yeah. Let let the Feds do whatever they want. Right. Scoop people up, crush them, destroy them, kill them. 
they're not saying that. Hey, thank you, Kim, for your super chat donation. We do love and appreciate you. We thank you so much. You guys are so awesome. So let me just sort of wrap this up for JC and I today. And, and, and let's just be clear, uh, the, the report that the feds have authority in Portland gets a half thumbs up, one thumbs up and one thumbs down. How's that, right? Like this, there we go. Because if they're on the courthouse property, protecting the courthouse property, then uh, the federal courthouse property, then they have the authority to be there. If they are not on the federal courthouse property, if they're just in the streets, then they don't have the authority to be there unless you you know, you're, you're claiming that the Patriot Act allows them to be there, but the Patriot Act is an unconstitutional uh, and violent attack on the rights of the people through an unconstitutional law. Welcome, Jeff. For the first time, we are neither for Trump nor against Trump. Our show is not about Trump. Our show is about the Constitution. Yes. So we're for that. So welcome, Jeff, on Facebook. We are Liberty Over Security, Principle Over Party, and Truth Over Personality. So remember, get your education at, oh, my things got all messed up over here, libertyfirstuniversity.com, where you get the education that you need. Hey, Jeff, go check it out, because this is where you'll get the foundation of what you need. Don't forget to go to godgunsliberty.com, get your your, I almost said your masks. Are you making masks, JC? I am not <laughs> making masks. Get your mugs and your t-shirts and help battle for truth. Is it constitutional to force vaccinate? Simple words, please. No. There you go. Simple enough. Two letters. <laughs> no, it is not constitutional to force vaccinate. Uh, and I don't care if you're on the state or federal uh, level. Uh, to force inject something into one's body is probably one of the most egregious violations of natural rights that I can think of. But I have a I have a deal for that, Brenda. Uh, they stick me, I stick them, and I go first. He goes first. Uh, don't forget, guys, to hit the thumbs up if you are in our YouTube chat room. If you are in our Facebook or Twitter, make sure you like and you share. Help us beat the algorithms. If you're on YouTube, you should also hit the subscribe button so that you always get a notice that we're on. I say you should you should always get a notice that you're, we're on. Sometimes YouTube is negligent and you don't get them, but... Here we are, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m., Saturday, 7 p.m., Central Time. God bless you guys. Ready, JC? Adios. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.